0: Hey everybody, I want to welcome you today to this latest episode of the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our goal each week is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ to life. And I'm excited, uh, this particular episode, to introduce you to a, a valued team member here at Living Stones, Sir Joel D. Joel is the one who's responsible for doing all the engineering work each week for this episode, and if you have enjoyed our Living Stones online experience, uh, you can make sure you give Joel a big hug when you see him because uh, he is uh, largely the brains and the engineering behind that as well. So, Joel, glad you could be with me. today. Yeah, I'm
1: glad to come on and uh, talk. And we're
0: going to talk about multiple things today, but we're going to also talk about you are part of Generation Z.
1: Yes, I am.
0: And, uh, and I love, you know, a few weeks ago, you guys, if you watch the program regularly, you probably saw, I interviewed my mother, uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure what generation, she's generation A, I <laughs> well, let's just say she's a few generations before Joel, but what I love about the body of Christ is uh, is the richness that each of our uh, generations brings, and uh, and I want Joel to talk about his generation today, but before we get there, you know, um, share a little bit about yourself, Joel, because I've known you, pretty much you've grown up at Livingstone.
1: Yeah, ever since I was about 12 years old, yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. Been your while.
0: All right, so 12 years old. And if you know Joel, you know God has blessed him with an incredible intellect. Um, you know, when you go up to different kids when they're growing up, and you say, hey, what are you going to be when you grow up? You hear all kinds of interesting comments. But, you know, I remember talking to Joel and saying, "So, oh, Joel, what do you want to do with your life? And he told me he wanted to be a nuclear physicist. I don't even know how to spell nuclear physicist. <laughs> but then when you looked at, uh, at your grades and at your what the classes you were taking and the you know and then the coursework you were yeah. on for college I mean yeah. that was a serious goal and you were well on your way. And yeah. then some things happen. I talk about, a little bit about the roar and some of the changes that happened in that season of your life, too.
1: Yeah. So ever since I was a little kid, probably about 13, I had the skill of being a nuclear physicist. I just always loved math and science. And I was like, I want to do that. Um And growing up in the church, I appreciate Livingstone, so I was super invested in school and church. I was either one place or the other, it felt like. Um, Yeah, and towards my senior year of high school, I really felt a call uh, to missions and just to deepen my relationship with the Lord. And so that drove me to do the roar. And rather than wait till I was out of high school, I decided to do it my senior <laughs> year. Uh,
0: yep. You teamed up with my son, Jason, on that, I remember.
1: Yeah. So that was interesting. We'd go to school from seven in the morning until about noon at um, my high school and then come to the church and have class until nine at night and then yeah. go home and do homework. Um, that was a
0: grind, but you guys did great. And uh, I still remember you in class and it was, it was awesome just to see your, your uh, hunger for God. And I, I love that mix. You 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 know, a lot of times I think uh, in our culture today, people have a false dichotomy. You know, if you're a science person, then that means you don't have any faith. Um, But you were somebody who understood probably more than most the math and science and physics and those types of things. And yet, you know, you've always had a big heart for the Lord. And I appreciate that about you.
1: Yeah, and ultimately with that, I always felt that science and math and the intricacy of the world and the universe showed God's craftsmanship and like, proved his existence more than it didn't. And like, that was my goal. Was, Like, I wanted to bring that into the world as a faith-based view of science. Um,
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and but that that took a little bit of a shift this last couple of years. Um, so after the roar, I spent some time in Cambodia on the mission field yep. uh, and came back then and started um, my collegiate career. Took about yep. a year and a half um, there. And then, COVID- and then, and then, COVID hit. <laughs> then COVID nineteen happened.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk about that for a moment because um, you know I was sharing with you. Uh, I've always, I've always appreciated Joel's heart because he, you've always wanted to do whatever is necessary. You've always had a heart for the church, for God's mm-hmm. people, for the Lord Himself. Um, but when this whole COVID thing hit, uh, it required us to make a big shift. We had some huge growing pains. We were doing some online, um, yeah. and uh, and you had helped us with that. Uh, you're always back there in the sound booth and helping keep things rolling. Um, but talk a little bit about uh, how you lean into that, and and how you recognize, I guess, a need or a void, and and really applied yourself to. Uh, to learning what you needed to learn to serve the body of Christ and to get us where we needed to be? Because that was a big jump.
1: Yeah. So it was interesting. The beginning of this last year, I was starting actually to get into a little bit of photography just as a hobby. Um, And as COVID-19 happened, we were in a a meeting with the pastors and I was asked in because we weren't sure what was going to happen, what it was going to look like. And we decided we were going to pursue a full online experience. Um, and that was something different. Before COVID, all we did is we would stream the message. There was no worship or anything like that. It was a single camera. Um, and immediately in my heart, I knew I wanted to do something more than that because I knew that church was such a big part of my life and just being involved there. And I knew it was such a big part of so many people in our church family. And so I didn't want it just to be the single camera set up with a subpar recording a worship and then, um, just you standing and talking from the podium in an empty yeah. sanctuary uh and so immediately from uh, that meeting i actually drove to chicago that day and bought a used camera um <laughs> so that we could have another one that was a little bit higher quality Yes.
0: and um, this is something you did on your own initiative yeah. and you recognize the need and and, uh, and I guess I just love the way you um, jumped right in and realized we got to do something. And if you, if you saw any of our studio work here, Joe had his stuff everywhere. He's uh, getting there early, setting it up. And, uh, and early, I guess, bottom line, just making it happen. Yeah. And, uh, and I so appreciate that about you, because one of the things, you know, even if you're watching this right now, this didn't happen until this year. Uh, we hope this is a source of encouragement and blessing for you. But so many people that are coming to the church, and we're having many, many new guests, yeah. are saying, hey, the first way we got introduced to Living Stones was online. And so, again, I just, I, I thank you for your passion. But yeah. I love also the creativity, because God's put within you a unique gift set. Yeah. Not, not many people can be a nuclear physicists. This assist and a a photographer and a uh, you know video videographer and all the stuff that you're doing. Um, So you're you're a beautiful picture of the creative uh, gifts of God deposited uh, in our lives. So we're, we're grateful for you. But I, you know, I, I told one of our staff before I was telling Joel about this, you know, when you're at a local church, you don't have the luxury of having this massive staff and like, hey, let's, who are you going to hire this week? You know, uh, you, you operate on people's ties and gifts and offerings and those types of things. And so we run a pretty lean ship around here. And um I shared with somebody one time, I said, you know, you just can't be a nice, pretty face and hang around and, and we hire you just because you're a nice guy. You got to bring some skill sets to the table. And so I just want to applaud you for that because um, uh, you basically said, how, how can I help bring some value to this place yeah. and to the body of Christ? And you adapted everything. So where, what's it look like for you now regarding the old career path, the new career path? I mean, what's, what's the dream in your heart? And then I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your generation and, and biblical worldview and how all that yeah. comes together.
1: Yeah, so like I said before, and like Pastor Ron had mentioned, I was going in for nuclear physics and then also computer science as a dual major. Um, But through COVID, it kind of unlocked a passion that had been there and I kind of shoved away um, of more video photography and just content creation. Um, As a kid, I was very creative, but then once I got into the school system, it was very math, science focused, like this is what you do if you wanna be successful. Um, And through this, just getting to realize again that passion that I had and that the Lord put in me, just starting to pursue that and starting up my own um, audio-visual production company, whether it's the wedding side of audio or doing photos and videos, just exploring what that looks like and doing a lot of freelancing. Yeah. And so um, a pretty major shift from nuclear oh, physicist yeah. to uh, s- freelance photographer, videographer, but super But, I, but I think
0: that just a little side comment here for folks that are watching that are part of your generation, which when we speak of Generation Z, just to define it, we're talking about folks that are born 1996 and roughly to 2010. So you're how old right now? I'm 21. 21. So the 20-year-olds that are out there watching right now, um, I like what you said. Sometimes sometimes you're thinking about pursuing your life calling, and it's all attached to... Uh, American definitions of success, dollars, Mm -hmm. comfortable life, security. There's nothing, uh, you know, totally wrong with some of those values. But I love what you said. You know, I I decided to pursue my passion. Yeah. And... um, And, you know, I know my my own son who gets up in the morning and owns his own business, and he just says, Dad, every day when I get up, I'm excited about the day. Um, One of the highlights, I guess, and maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, the unique aspects of Generation Z, your generation is very entrepreneurial. And and where does that come from? Because some generations would wake, you know, I think of my father's generation. They wake up, many of them would go off to the factory, they work you know, they're 40, 60 hours a week. They come home, they have a nice retirement, but that's their routine every day. Not much passion about it, uh, but it was secure and it was stable. Your generation's much more entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I think some of that comes from just the accessibility and realizing the needs. I mean, even looking at it from like my standpoint as a cinematographer, there's every small business now. Whether you have a website or social media, you need content, you need photos, videos, um, and that type of thing is much more apparent. Pe- people can work from home and do whatever they want, um, whether it's making a lot of money or not. It's much more accessible to do things that you have a passion for, and I think people realize the importance of that. They don't want to reach 60 and maybe have a lot of money, maybe not have a lot of money, and look back and wish they had done more with their lives. Yeah. I think they saw some of that in their parents, and and not that it was wrong for their parents to do that or their grandparents, I think some of that came out of necessity because of uh, economic struggles in the 1920s or the 1950s yeah. between the Depression and the war. Um, but now as the economic state comes up, I think people really are focusing on pursuing a passion that the Lord's put in their heart, whether they realize it or not.
0: Well, in your generation, one of the defining characteristics of Generation Z is they are the first generation to be the fully Internet generation. I mean, there's computers and stuff like that in some of the previous generations. But the fact that, you know, right now we can pick up this little device and have have the world at our fingertips and have so much knowledge at our fingertips, that's really a game... A game changer, yeah. and that you know that changes so many things about the world in which we live have been revolutionized, and you guys are the first generation to be fully immersed in yeah. that. So I came right at the very end of the baby boomer generation, so I'm kind of an in betweener mm-hmm. uh, guy. Um, but you know, my mindset was always: you get up, you go to work, you work hard, you come home. So many folks in your generation value things like working from home or yeah. working from a coffee shop because, because the way we do work yeah. has changed. And, uh, and and sometimes our generation can look at your generation like, these, these young kids, they don't know how to work anymore. No, actually, you're just working differently yeah. because of the uh, the tools and the resources that yeah. you have, you know. Which is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. It's, uh, your phone has about ten times more processing power than well, certain phones have a lot more, but than uh, the first uh, shuttle, the Apollo thirteen to the right, moon. Right. Um, you have ton more storage, and it's like all of that's at your fingertips. And just imagine. I think that's such an exciting thing for our generation. If we really utilize the tools we have, I yeah. mean. They went to the moon using sliders for calculators and now we have more advanced calculators <laughs> on our phones that we carry everywhere.
0: Exactly. And you're, you know, your generation is always the generation that my age is saying, "Hey, I don't know how to, you know, start this computer. Where's my 6-year-old?" Back when you were younger, yeah. you know, you guys were the tech savvy as still are the tech savvy crew. Yeah. And to this day, Hey, Joel, I need help, you know. Uh, so I'm grateful, again, for the way God, you know, merges the generations together. So let's talk about this a little bit, though. Your your generation, uh, you know, sometimes the older generation looks at the younger generation and they're critical and they're saying, you know, they're not this, they're not that, whatever. Yeah. And many times we don't realize that, like, if I'm upset with the way my kids have turned up, uh, I need to look in the mirror yeah. because I'm the one who raised my kids. <laughs> and sometimes we look at Generation Z and we're like, you know, we don't like this about him or that about him or whatever. Uh, but the fact of the matter is y- your generation is the product of what? The millennials, yeah. right? And, uh, and just to give a little background here, the millennials were the largest generation who identified themselves as, as what uh, sociologists, religious sociologists call nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not, not nuns like Catholic nuns, <laughs> but nuns, meaning they have no religious affiliation. Yeah. So your generation right now is the largest. I think I have here 70, 72 million Generation Zers. Uh, that makes up 27% of the population. So you're a, you're a massive uh, generation. Yeah. But the downside is you got all this information at your fingertips, but you've not inherited a biblical worldview yeah. through which to interpret the world. And right now we're beginning to see the fallout from that. Because when we look at the, at your generation, Generation Z, most of them are not doing what you're doing right now. We're not having this discussion. In fact, they're far from God. They have very little biblical knowledge, uh, very very little uh, biblical reference points. You can't even say, hey, like in the Bible, what did, do you remember this story? They don't know that story yeah. because they were raised in a generation that largely quit on God and, and didn't identify with God. So talk a little bit about that. Like what what would you say to your generation? You know, like, like one of the things I read about Generation Z is you're, you guys are very— um, Ethnically diverse, you you know you 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 embrace you know again. I think part of that is because the world is at your fingertips, yeah. so you're very comfortable in multi ethnic situations. Um, but and, and another thing about your generation was that you're very open minded. But many times, open minded means that you embrace everything. Yeah. And uh, so so there's a balance there that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, and we talked before, and when you asked me to come on and talk a little bit, I knew like Generation Z. It's not so much. Our characters and traits weren't so much just our generation, but a culture that was made from previous generations. And pulling on some of the things, like you said, it just it's a result of that. Um, and some of it's in for the better and some of it's for the worse. I think as we move forward and we have these tools, it's so important that we understand a biblical worldview and a foundation because they are open-minded. But with that, I think that we're also very emotional-based Um And we respond out of emotion a lot more than we used to. And and so the older generation like, oh, they got no backbone. And I think it's just different that their identity is tied up sometimes into their passions and into what they do. And whenever they feel that's threatened, then they start to clam up and become defensive. Um, And that's true of anyone whenever their identity isn't found in the Lord. Um, But I think as a result of not having any biblical foundation of who they are or their importance or their value um, outside of their accomplishments, that can become something that's very dangerous. And then that causes um, divides where open-mindedness means you have to accept everyone exactly the way they are and if you don't accept them, then you hate them. And that's where disagreements become bigger issues than they should be, where it's like, we can have two different opinions, sure. but I know who I am and you know who you are, so we can walk away still disagreeing, but be on good right. terms and, and be friends. But whereas sometimes in the culture today, whether it's Gen Z or other people, you have a disagreement, and you walk away not wanting to talk to that person again. Sure. So, so there's not not much deep dialogue, as you said. There's a lot of emotional
0: trigger points, <laughs> and you know when we talk about this piece of technology right here, um, literally, you know, I can I can download documents from previous century. I can yeah. download books, but most of how your generation uses this phone is not to do incredibly deep research on uh you know complicated issues you're the emoji generation yep. as well you're the short soundbite generation yeah. you're the twitter you know a uh, limited character generation you're you're the you're the image you know like even with uh, you know tiktok and some of yeah. these things you know or or uh, what snapchat and so i'm trying to get up on all the stuff you, your generation, into you're like no no more facebook for you guys you, <laughs> you move beyond facebook that's my generation but but you are, it, the nature of the game has changed yeah. in terms of memes and sound bites and emojis and, and I think the problem is, is you, the, the, the drawback of that is your, your generation's attention span can sometimes be very yeah. limited. You're multitasking, yeah. uh, and so if somebody doesn't catch your attention, you're not even there. Yeah. You know? You're easily distracted sometimes, um, and that's just the nature, again, of this, this is a game changer for, uh, for your generation. But the problem is with that, there's not much deep thought, and so most issues tend to be kind of knee-jerk uh, yeah. this, this deep and are rooted in a lot of emotionally charged uh, yeah. you know, behavior. So uh, that, can, that can pose a problem. Um, so anyway, uh, but your generation, I think this is where the church comes in. Another thing about your generation is you love authenticity. yeah And talk about that because, you know, the church today is, you know, it, it, I think is con- continually morphing to try to reach yeah. each new generation, at least if you're healthy you're wanting to reach that younger generation. We do that at Living Stones. We have a, a, a great population of Generation Zers here. Um, but why is it that your generation is not about the smoke and mirrors and the, the you know,
1: yeah, <coughs> impeccable
0: I, production and all that kind of I stuff? I
1: think some of that comes with the advancements in technologies because now you can hide behind a curtain on social media, you can hide behind a curtain on the internet, and have this perfect life, but so often you realize in your own life it feels like you're a mess. And you look on social media and all these people are showing the best parts of their life and you're like, why isn't my life like that? And so when you get authentic people that come and say, hey, like, my life's not perfect, even if they're successful, like, there were steps to this, I think it gives us that deeper relation. Um, to that person that we can now connect with them better because we realize okay like life isn't perfect because we don't want life to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect that's an unrealistic goal Um, and so often I think we're surrounded by the idealistic life and we're just that's thrown in our face all the time but that's not what we have and so we're searching for someone that we feel we can relate on at a deeper level because it's just not not relatable when everything you see is a smiling beach pic and it's like sunny weather and life's great and I just made a million dollars off right. of this ad. And, or and the whatever. pictures have been photoshopped and edited
0: so yeah. that your teeth are nice and white and everything's perfect. Um, and that's not always the way life is you know i was thinking probably your grandparents generation it was not unusual to if you were raised in a small town i mean those were the people that you knew yeah uh, you might not even know anybody or that many people outside of your town or outside of your state yeah. what i notice today is and and i love this you know when i look at my friends for instance on social media i've got friends from all over the nations of the world because that's the scope of our ministry yeah. but i also notice for instance my kids are friends with other people that they know through sports or through mm-hmm. other schools—they're—they're they're much more connected regionally uh, than than any previous generation. Yeah. But as you said, that just because you have lots of likes and lots of friends on social media, it doesn't mean you have very deep or authentic relationships. Yeah. And I think that's something uh, we all long for. Yeah,
1: and I think that's something that has become less—I won't say normal—but yeah. it's it's not as widespread, especially since you have. Um, so many of those relationships, you can have five thousand friends on Facebook, and that's. But those aren't deep relationships. So when you have that authenticity and that deep relationship, it's different from what is normal for a lot of people, and so you value it more. Like even in school, like you're connected or have everyone's phone number, or whatever you can talk to them. But realistically, you talk to like three people because those are people you're real with. Yeah, and. I think cherishing those relationships is so important, and yeah. I think a lot of my generation realizes that.
0: And talk about, you know, here at Living Stones and, and the church in general, you might be watching and maybe you attend another great church, but how has um, the local body of Christ and coming together, you know, you've helped us be- connect with people online, but as you said, at some point, that's that's an incomplete picture of the church. Yeah. We're made to gather, you know, that's what the word for church in the Greek means, it's a, it's a gathering, it's an assembly of people face to face. Um, how have the relationships here at Living Stones met that need in your life for authenticity, spiritual growth, connecting, um, you know, talk a little bit about the culture and, and how that's been beneficial to your generation.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that's been super beneficial, it's not always been fun is, um, speaking truth out of love. Um, and there's kind of two parts that I think a lot in just the culture today, I don't think it's only in my generation, but it's yeah. just generally in culture, there is that open-mindedness where you need to accept everyone, um, and so there's become a lack of truth being taught. And not that you should bash people, or be like, oh, well, you're just wrong, and do it. I hey, hate you have to do it in love, but also you need to speak truth in love, otherwise it's a moot point. And yeah. so I think a great thing about Living Stones is we have people who build relationships, and that you can recognize that they want the best for you and that allows them then to speak truth and give correction in areas where we need it. Because as a younger generation, as a young person, I realize I'm not perfect and that I yeah. need help in a lot of areas. Um, and I need to grow because I haven't experienced life to an extent that someone, either a millennial or your generation has. And so um, having those relationships and having that, knowing that you're speaking in love, I can receive that correction and receive truth in a better way and apply it to my life. And so I really feel like that's kind of like the coming together and such a huge part and that you've highlighted on church is we have these multiple generations that can blend and pull on each other so well that- We really do need each other. And yeah. I think
0: this is a picture of even the, the this podcast today is a product of multiple generations working together and understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses. I want to touch on another topic that I thought was very, very interesting because you know, I'm raising some Generation mm-hmm. Zers in my own household right now. And I've noticed, and this is all in the data as well, your generation is very independent. And the reason you're independent is because This thing exists called Google. (laughs) It used to be when kids were growing up, they were thinking about the big wide world around them. They would say, hey, I don't know the answer to that question, or I wonder why this works. And guess what? They would go to a parent or to a teacher or to a pastor or to a grandparent. And now you guys have Google, so you just say, hey, Siri, and Siri talks back to you, and then you say, hey, can you look up and tell me how many whatevers, and in a, in a millisecond, you know, you've got, you've got the answer to that question. And I've noticed that even with, with my generation's ears, a lot of times they're the ones that are getting me answers yeah. because they know where to find the information. But, you know, biblically speaking, and this is where Christian worldview comes into play, there's a vast difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. And, um, and you guys have more knowledge at your fingertips than any other generation. Uh, but talk a little bit about the difference. And you touched on it just a moment ago a little bit. But the difference between knowledge and wisdom and why you need previous generations, and you need real-life human beings who yeah. have lived in real-life worlds and not just in a, in a digital world.
1: Yeah, I think knowledge is so good, and it, it gives you a lot of information. But I really feel like where wisdom changes from knowledge is the application of knowledge. Um, And that comes in having such a good foundation because I can take in all this knowledge and I can be like, just know so much, but if I don't know how to filter it through a godly worldview with a godly foundation, It doesn't matter because now I'm living on a different moral level where anything I do is now the moral superior to anyone else because I feel like I have superior knowledge of them. Where wisdom comes out of humility and knows, okay, like this is the heart of God. And so this knowledge that I have, I know how to properly apply it to the situation to further the kingdom of God, to better people, to love people more.
0: You know, I think from a biblical perspective, wisdom is always for the purpose of loving Jesus and serving people. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes. Sometimes I think uh, my caution to the younger generation is just because you have more information doesn't mean you're the wisest person in the room. Yeah. Sometimes there can be a lot of haughtiness, or, or you know, uh, with the older generation, they, they might not be as savvy know how to navigate the technology, yeah. but that doesn't mean they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean they don't Yeah, have incredible wisdom. And the same thing, sometimes our generation can look at the younger generations like, well, you guys didn't do this yeah. or you guys don't know that. And it's like, it really takes humility for me to say, hey, Joel, come into my office and help me help me navigate to something yeah. that you probably think is incredibly easy, but it's not part of my generation, or for you to humble yourself and say, "Hey, I, I need some help," yeah. you know, um, in practical ways or whatever. Um, I, and I think that's again the beauty of the body of Christ. And Joel, <laughs> one other thing, as it relates to to the whole idea of accessibility of knowledge or information, or even increasingly just images. Yeah. Um, you know, I had this discussion with my kids as they were growing up. The downside of this tool is, you know, if somebody before wanted to be exposed to something that was immoral or perverse, mm-hmm. they had to go out and find it and they had to they had to access it face to face. And you know, the the, the the biggest challenge your generation, especially young men are facing is the challenge of pornography uh, because it's, it's one click away yeah. and, and you can be so secretive about it. Um, you know, and I didn't ask you about this. It's not a personal question, but, you know, I know I, I'm on Facebook and I'm just putting up something and up comes an advertisement. It's not pornography, but it's, it's, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, uh, risque and, and I have to make a choice. Like, I'm not looking for that. I didn't seek it out. I don't want it. I wasn't pursuing it. How, how as a young man, you know, you're a single young man, you're, trying to live a pure life. You have, I know, the vision someday of being happily married yeah. and having a family of your own. You want to please the Lord. How in the world are you navigating this? And, and what would you say, you know, to your generation? Um, somebody said that, that for, for Generation Zers, pornography is the wallpaper of your life. Uh, that's a pretty strong statement. That means it's literally everywhere.
1: Yeah, and I I would have to say that's accurate. So like uh, on a personal level, like I know the struggle a lot from both being a youth leader and struggling myself. And I was exposed to pornography about the run of the age of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
0: I heard that by the average stat for this generation is
1: eleven. Yeah.
0: So think about that. Uh, it's, it's stunning for us as parents. The typical young person has been exposed to blatant pornography, yeah. hardcore pornography by the time they're 11. Yeah. Uh, that has an impact.
1: Yeah. And, and so that was super huge because I wasn't looking for it. And even when I did see it, I I mean, I was 10. I didn't know what I was looking at. Um, and obviously there was arousal and things in my heart. And, and that led to a large struggle through my life. And I think um, even in a secular culture and it's pornography isn't viewed as something to be applauded. It's starting to go that way, but even there's still shame and people realize what they're watching is wrong. And you'll, you'll see people joke even about it, but they'll joke about how they watch it and then afterwards they feel dirty, whether they're Christian or not. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's a large issue. And, and being a youth leader and knowing young men that struggle with it, I realize how blatant it is because um, there's two things, like I said, it's super accessible whether you're looking for it or not, but then also it's super easy to hide. Um, especially for young men in and the church, there
0: used to be a cost, you know, and yeah. obviously there's a there's a cost as people get into deeper and deeper addiction. But, but you know, you can you can find images and things yeah. that at, at no cost, you yeah. know. Um, and so it's it's quite a trap. Um, and like I, you know, I was sharing with with young men. You know, the devil will go after you in whatever way he can find. Yeah. But, but but as I talk even with men my age and we go back to hear their stories, it's amazing to me how so many of them were not pursuing this. Like you said, a, a boy that's 10 years old isn't yeah. even aware. Um, but but the enemy knows how to get in there yeah. and hook you. And so um, this is, I think, the the issue of this generation. And, you know, I'm raising daughters as well who who want to find a godly man. Yep. That will be a great husband and provider that has a pure heart, uh, you know, where they can have a family together. And... You know, I'm looking at the tragedy that's happening when so many young men are really becoming twisted in the way that they view women mm-hmm. and even their ability, inability to have a real-life relationship with another human being of the opposite gender because yeah. they don't even know how to relate because every, everything is on this fake little yeah. world of digital reality that, that uh, they don't know how to sit down face-to-face, how to treat a woman, how to love a woman, how to be tender to a woman, how to serve a woman. Um, you know, and it and I'm concerned as a father, if you were my son, that number one, okay, so how are you going to go out in the world and establish a healthy family? Yeah. But number two, raising daughters, are there men out in the world that have really worked to guard their heart, to please the Lord, and to uh, prepare themselves to be a great husband and a uh, you know a great father? Uh, so. What would you say, I guess, a final hurrah here as we're talking about Christian worldview, as we're talking about things that matter like marriage and life and purity and calling and passion yeah. and you know making a difference with your life. Uh, you know, what would, what would be your final word to your generation?
1: My final word would be you need to surround yourself with those authentic, loving people that will, will speak the truth. Because ultimately, um, as you go into life, the culture that we have will bombard you, whether it's with porn, with certain ideologies, and it's hard to stand your ground unless you're surrounded by a group of people, and that's why I think the local church is so important now, and I think why it's being attacked is because that's what's going to help people stand on Christianity and on the foundational worldview that we have. Um, Because outside of that, as, as you go further and step away, sometimes these ideas will sound good, They'll seem like they're good things, but unless you look deeper and put it through uh, the filter of the Bible, that's when you start to see, oh, maybe this isn't right because the idea of being loving and accepting people, like, well, that sounds like a good idea and we should love people and we should accept it, but it looks different than what the world says because me loving someone is me walking through them and saying like, hey, I'm gonna speak truth to you even when you don't like it, even if it doesn't agree with your worldview right now, this is what the Bible says, and you need to know that. And it's not me judging, it's not me putting prejudice, it's not me turning them away, but it's something that's so necessary. And so unless you have that worldview, that, like the Bible says, like you look at Jesus, he was the most loving person and he, he never held a grudge against anyone or turned them away, but he would speak truth when he yeah. he would go to someone and say, hey, like go and sin no more. And I think that's such a thing that is lost is that in the church we want to love people, but we don't know how to love them and speak truth to them. Yeah. And I feel like there's either too much truth, and you get people that just try and shun them, like oh you're sinners, or you get people that are like, well we love you, so we're going to accept you the way you are, and you don't you don't have and to avoid, the, same. Issues yeah, and and avoid the, the issues, dance around the truth.
0: You know that's well said. And I I just want to say this I I feel like we're at such an amazing opportunity in history. With the technology, you know, we don't curse the technology. The technology is neutral; it can be used for good or evil. But I just appreciate the way you're helping here at Living Stones, helping to maximize our reach. Because you know, when you mix truth and you mix love together, Mm -hmm. and you share it in a way that has a global impact, uh, we really have at our fingertips the opportunity for for so much godly knowledge, godly information, and kingdom impact. Uh, that we've never experienced before in the history of the world. And and I love the fact that even while this is so amazing, uh, you know, I'm able to talk to friends live in Pakistan, you know, uh, for free on my phone, it never replaces... The personal contact and relationships that we have in the local church um, and and the body of Christ and what the church is all about, it just simply helps you get connected, hopefully to pull you in. And if you're watching online and and you're not connected to a good local church, I would encourage you, you know, use this technology to draw you into a real family where you can have real conversations about real issues and get your heart clean and discover your passion for God and what your calling is uh and just be a part of this amazing family that literally yeah. is multiple generations all with their unique gifts and experiences all coming together all rubbing shoulders you know yeah. i've become enriched because of you i hope you've been enriched because Absolutely. of me uh and everybody else that comes together and it it produces such an amazing Yep. Uh, picture of the kingdom of God, and so um, thank you for watching today. If you know a generation Z or uh, someone in their twenties, encur- and encourage you to spread this far and wide, share this online. Yep. Uh, and uh, any final uh, final word you could leave us with?
1: Yeah. No. Um. Just excitement for the church, like you said. I think the church is moving in a new direction. It hasn't before, and it shouldn't be shunned. It should be celebrated. And I think that the merging of generations is necessary. And so he said, share this if you know a Gen Zer. If you know a Gen Zer, go get coffee with them, have a discussion with them on their viewpoints and maybe share some of your wisdom um, and lead them and not turn them down, but just cherish and nurture the differences between us. Absolutely, and I just wanna say
0: too to any pastors who are watching, man, we need to make sure our arms are wide open. We're embracing uh, this young generation, making sure that they find a place to flourish and grow in our local churches, that we have lots of on-ramps for service and for leadership development, and that we're really empowering and envisioning uh, this next generation as they're stepping in uh, and helping us lead and reach uh, the world today for Jesus Christ. So thank you all for watching. Uh, go out and hug somebody who's a Generation z Let them know how much you love them and appreciate them and value them. And uh, we look forward to tuning in with you next, next Thursday on the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Have a great week.